And so we're going to wrap up this series today that we've been on for the last uh, four weeks. And so this is week five, I believe, but it's entitled Blessed. We had a 21-day devotional uh, that was about the topic and what does the Bible really say? about blessing and and what does that really look like and so uh, you know um last week um you know sean shared really about obedience to god's word and why that's important because the bible is very clear that when we walk in obedience that there are blessings and so you know and there's so much about that and so he did a great job and so i would encourage you if you didn't weren't here last sunday or even one of the previous sundays you can jump online on the website anywhere you get a podcast it's available search the church name it'll pop up and uh, some of you may need to go back and re-listen to it and uh, i know that when things speak to me i'll listen to it three or four times because i why because i'm not smart enough to catch it all the first time and uh, so I need to re-listen to it a few times. And so, um, but, you know, I, I do encourage you to do that. And so we've been talking over the last few weeks, though, about what culture talks about when it, because this term blessed, I told you a couple weeks ago, that if you get on Instagram and search hashtag blessed, which is kind of what we have for our slide, there you go, there's over 140 million posts that people are claiming blessing. And we see it with athletes and artists and famous people and all this kind of stuff. And we see it being discussed in culture. But yet their idea of blessing is very different than God's perspective of blessing. And and so, and and this is what I would encourage you with is that you may be blessed, but my question for you is, is who is the one that's blessing you? Is it your effort? Is it your work ethic, which I believe in wholeheartedly? But I don't want to live a life that's just dependent upon me or what I can do or what I can pull off. And I don't want to just put it out to the universe and put out good vibes and hope that things just come back. What's happened is that culture has actually taken the scriptures and has hijacked the truth and removed God out of it. Here's the problem with that. God won't honor anything that he's not a part of. And so we want to live lives that would actually be blessed. And what that word blessed means, it means to be highly favored. I don't know about you, but I like to be highly favored. I like it when somebody just likes me and doesn't know why. That's a good thing. I mean, you know, like, I mean, I've been, you know, I've bought things before, like a car and getting there. And, you know, and they're always trying to sell me this stuff. And I know there's a salesman side of this. My dad's a salesman, so I grew up with one. And they're like, man, I don't know what it is about you. But I want to do this for you. Didn't have to. But what? It's being highly favored. What about when God brings blessings into my life that I know that I didn't deserve and I know I didn't earn? No, that's being highly favored of the Lord. And there's a big difference between me being dependent upon me to produce blessing in my life versus me doing what I need to do because I do have a part to play in this but actually seeing God bless me well beyond all of my energy, all of my effort, all of my hustle, all of my smarts all of my wisdom all of these things for me to be able to look at my life and say there is no way that I have accomplished what God has done in my life And so today I want to share with you as we're wrapping up this series, because I've told you uh, is that being blessed is more than just money, is that it is actually a whole view, is that God wants us to be blessed in our spirit, man. He wants us to be blessed in our soul, which is our mind, our thoughts, our emotions. He wants us to be blessed in our body. He wants us to be well and whole. We just received communion talking about that. But how many of you also know that God wants you blessed financially? And we may shy away from that. Now, you should have said amen to all of those, by the way. 
Um, so, just... When you say amen, you're just claiming it. I want to be blessed and highly favored of the Lord. Yes, I will take that. I will take that one. I'll take that. You're like right now, some of you have been off sweets for 21 days. You want to go down the cookie aisle and you're going to be like, I want that one. I want that one. I want that one. I'll take one of them too. You're saying amen to a box of cookies. You need to be saying amen to the word of God. Why? Because that box of cookies has some side effects. I'm going to leave it right there. I'm going to leave it there. But the word of God has side effects too, but they're only for your good and they're only for your, for your blessing and they're only for what God wants to produce in your life. And so, but God does have a plan for you financially. And his word gives us wisdom how we can actually access and participate with God in our financial blessing. And so a few weeks ago, I shared this scripture with you and I'm gonna share it with you again. I'm gonna give you just a couple of thoughts here before we really kind of dive into this today. But in Psalms 35, verse 27, It says this, it says, let them all say, everybody, not some, not a few, says, the Lord says, let them all say that the Lord is great. Well, how do I do that? I do that through my worship partly. I do that through my words. Like I confess God is good to me. Father, I think you got good things for me today. I don't know what it is, but you've got good things in store for me today. Why? Because he's great. So I'm going to magnify God with my words. And it goes on. It says, so let them all say the Lord is great. And he delights. He takes pleasure in. He's happy in the prosperity of his servant. Let me say it another way. You delight the heart of God when you grow. Spiritually, emotionally, mentally, financially. You delight God. Why? Because there's blessing that's coming into your life. And the word of God says that God delights in your prosperity as his servant. So when people ask me, well, hey, tell me, why does God bless you? Because he loves me. Case closed. I walk in obedience to him. Which Sean did a great job communicating last week about that. Is that blessing follows obedience? If you want to be more blessed, be more obedient. I just summarized Sean's message in 30 seconds. Boom, right there. It's true though. If I want more of God's blessings in my life, I have to walk in obedience. Because he doesn't doesn't give me a promise that's good just because he promised it. His promise is true because I obey it. And so I have to walk in his wisdom. And I have to walk in the ways and the understanding of God. Not in my own wisdom. That's what Proverbs tells us. And so prosperity is really, it's a well-being. The the scripture here, it means well-being in every aspect of your life. So we've already touched on those. So let me dispel a myth a little bit. Is that God has no problem with our being financially prosperous. As long as it doesn't become our focus. As long as it doesn't become the focus. Or let me say it this way. Or it doesn't become the definition of winning with Jesus. Sometimes we can look at people that are blessed and we'll say something like, man, God must really love them. Maybe. Maybe they they work really hard. Maybe they've got a certain skill set. Maybe. But that is not a measure of your spirituality at all. But when money becomes the goal, we've already distorted a truth from Scripture. Now, God has no problem. God actually desires for you to be prosperous. 
You know, sometimes people will take the scripture in Timothy where it says, you know, that money is the root of all evil. Well, that's not what the scriptures say. The scripture says the love, the undue desire for money and gain is the root of all evil. In other words, greed. Greed is evil. Money is not. The same money that's in my hand that can send the gospel around the world is the same money that may be in a crack dealer's hands or somebody trying to acquire those drugs. Money doesn't have a conscience. I do. You do. So here's money is a mirror. It simply reflects the one holding it. That's all it is. And so we need to understand this. And so, you know, uh, you know, and so even with this idea, though, is that if more money or more blessing becomes the goal of our obedience to God. Now, this is important. If money or more blessing becomes the goal of why I'm obeying God. We've already missed the point. I obey God because I'm in relationship with him, not because I'm afraid of him. It's quite the opposite. I'm in relationship with him, and because I'm in a relationship with him, I love him, and I know he loves me, and therefore obedience becomes a lot easier. It's not a punch list of things I have to do, but it can't become, well, I'm going to serve God because he will bless me. No, that's the, that's the byproduct That will just come. If I'll set my affections upon God, the blessings will come. And so God's plan is that we grow experiencing all of his blessings in every aspect of our life. We've mentioned them, so I'm not going to keep repeating them. They're up there for you, in case you didn't hear me a moment ago. These are all the areas that God wants you to be blessed in. And if you have an area that you're not experiencing the blessings of God, God desires for you to, and he has a plan for you to. But we have to walk in obedience to God's word. And so the goal of our life is to proclaim that God is so good. That God is so faithful. So that everybody knows that I don't deserve all the blessings in my life. Every time somebody asks me why I'm blessed, I ought to give glory to God. Why? Because I don't deserve what God has brought into my life. And it ought to be a way that I can point everybody to Jesus. And say, no, I'm not that good. No, I'm not that smart. No, I just haven't had just extra breaks. Although I walk in the favor of the Lord. I speak that over my life all the time. Father, I thank you that your favor goes before me. Your favor is behind me. I come in contact with people and they like me and don't know why. And I say it all the time. And I've seen it happen. I thank you that your provision goes. I think, you know, this is another thing that I quote. Father, I thank you that you're the God who sees ahead and you make provision before. Like, I don't get to a problem and say, how am I going to pay for this? No, Lord, I thank you. You already knew this was coming. You've already made provision. So all I got to do is figure out where your provision is for me. And I've seen God do it many different ways. Sometimes it came in the form of a job. I'm like, I don't want to do that, but I got this bill. Dad, gummit. Thank you, Lord, for this job that I didn't even go looking for. Thank you for this extra blessing. Thank you for, you know, I mean, look, I've told this story before and I'll keep it real brief. One time I was walking through Walmart, this was a number of years ago, and it was at Christmas time, or actually around Thanksgiving time. We're walking through uh, Walmart and getting some groceries and this and that. It was late at night and they came over the little PA system and I needed tires on a vehicle that I didn't have money for. And they came over the, the speaker and they said, uh, hello, Walmart shoppers. We just got Xbox blah, blah, blah in stock. If you'd like one, come to the back, come to whatever the electronics department well 
I know how to buy and sell stuff, and I knew that you couldn't buy those things. They cost about 350 bucks a piece. I bought two because me and Dare were there together and let you buy one a piece. I bought them. I put them on eBay, put them on layaway, actually, because I didn't have the money to pay for them. Put them on layaway, put them on eBay, sold them the next week. I paid for the Xboxes and went and paid for my tires. Guess what? I was happy because I had 700 bucks to go spend on some tires that I didn't have. But that's just one way that God has blessed me. But you know what? It was a blessing. And God gave me a way in which he could bless me because I knew how to sell stuff, on, how to buy and sell all that stuff. I knew that was stuff I did all the time. So it wasn't inconvenient or difficult or hard for me. But God provided. Why? Because I needed help. And God, and God doesn't do that just for me. And so I want to put a picture up on the screen for you. And then I'm going to give you a quote about it. So I got a picture. You see this little turtle? He's up on a fence post. Now, how many of you know that, God, that, that he didn't get there by himself? You ever seen a turtle crawl up on a fence post and just lay up there? Driving down the road, you'd be like, how did he get up there? This is a picture of how I want to be in my life. So the goal of my life is this, is that I want to be like a turtle on a fence post. Is that when people see me, they say, there ain't no way that guy got there by himself. Something was up. And I want that something to be the Lord has been good and the Lord has been faithful and the Lord has prospered me. And people go, that's crazy. And the good news is, is that God loves you the same as he loves me. The key is obedience. Am I listening to God's word? Am I, am I heeding his wisdom? And so we ought to be quick to give credit, which ultimately is glory to God. Understanding that, hey, all of my, all that I have and all that I am, know that God is the source of every good thing in my life. And I want to give honor and glory to him. And so I never want to have the mindset of this, of, well, this is what I've earned or this is what I, that I deserve what I've got or even where I'm at. I mean, you may feel like that you're at a dead-end road in your job. You may feel like, hey, this is all there is. I can't go anywhere else. With you, that's true. That may be true. That may be a fact. But you don't know the favor that God may give you with one person. Maybe it's somebody higher up in your company. Maybe it's somebody in a totally different company. They're like, hey, somebody so-and-so told me about you. And all of a sudden... Something shifts. Let me give you a biblical example of this. Joseph, in Scripture, went from the prison to the palace in a day. Why? Because he, two years prior, he was in jail with some jokers who were guilty. He interpreted a dream for them. One got a good interpretation, one not so good. One said, hey, you're going to be restored to your position, serving the king. And the other one said, it's a bad day for you, buddy. And it was a bad day for him. Two years go by, and it says that it just so happened that this man who was a, the cupbearer of the king says, he remembers Daniel. Daniel comes and interprets the dream, and Pharaoh says, I like you. I'm going to put you in charge. No one's going to have more authority in Egypt, in all of Egypt, which was, I mean, the empire of the day. He says, no one will have more authority or, or influence or impact than you, Daniel. He went from the prison to number two in a day. And that's more than a Bible story. When we get our motive right and we get our, uh, 
obedience factor right, God says, that's somebody I can work with. See, God is always working on us. And if you really want to know the ultimate determiner of the blessings that we walk in, it's not based on anything that we do. It's based on what we allow God to do in us. Because God will never bless us beyond our ability to support it. Because the blessing would not be a blessing in the end because it would ruin us. So my character has to grow. My, my mind has to grow. My heart has to grow. God has to work some things out of me so that he can bless me. That's why I need to be obedient to the word of God. Because it's not what I do. It's what God is doing in me. And as I expand my capacity for God to work in my life, I'm expanding his ability to work and to pour out his blessing in my life. We were just singing this song. God, I will make room for you. So whether you know it or not, we tricked you. You've already prayed and said, God, I will make room for you. Okay? Not really, but. But you said, God, I will make room for you. Well, how do you do that? How do I make room for God? I walk in more obedience. You know that thing that you're like, I should do something about this, and it's just kind of there in the back of your mind? That's actually the Spirit of God talking to you. It's time to be obedient. It's time to heed that. Why? Because God doesn't give us instructions to do anything that he doesn't already have a blessing in mind. He has something better in mind for us. And so it's important that we understand this. And so, uh, you know, we have to understand that everything that we have is a gift from God. And so when I walk in obedience to his ways and his wisdom, there are blessings, not my own. If you try to figure it all out, it ain't going to happen. Look, I'm a very logical analytical, like I got backup plans on my backup plans on my backup plans. Like y'all think I'm crazy. I'm going to tell you. I go in a restaurant, I sit a certain way that goes, if somebody walks in that door with a gun, this is what I'm going to do. If somebody walks in that door with a gun, this is what I'm going to do. I'm serious. I have plans for my plans. So if this changes, I'm going to do this. It's the way I'm wired. So I just, I'm constantly processing. God is way smarter than I am. That's what I have learned. And God wants to do things way better than what I even want to do. And so, you know, and so this morning, I'm going to shift gears here a little bit in these next few minutes that we have together. Because I, I started off, and this is what I, so I've been doing a little uh, preparation work up to this moment. And so now, though, we're going to shift gears a little bit because if you want to see God financially bless you, you have to honor him in your finances. Now, I know some of you are like, dang, we're going there. Yes, we are. Because I cannot speak to you for five weeks and tell you that God wants you blessed and not tell you the truth about your money. I would not be doing you right. Because, again, your money is a mirror. What's important to you? Go pull out your checkbook. You'll find out real quick what's, what's important to you. Now, here's, here's what you have to know. Is that God isn't after your money. But he is after your heart. He is unapologetically after your heart. Why? Because you can't love somebody without your heart. You can't have a a, a decent relationship. You can't have a deep, meaningful relationship without your heart. 
You can have a casual relationship. You can be surface. You can be a lot of things. But if your heart's not invested, the relationship will be limited. It's just the truth. You know, this last week, I had the opportunity uh, to be up in Boston with a good friend of mine. I mean, one of my two closest friends in the world, actually, who's stepping in and pastoring a church. He's taken over a church there. And I was really excited for him. And after it, I walked up to him and I said, and I told him, you know, we were kind of after service was over and this and that. And I walked up to him and I said, man, I said, I just want you to know that I'm proud of you, number one. And I began to cry a little bit. And I said, the other thing I want you to know is I know the road it took to get here. Because he's had challenges. He's had things to battle through and to fight through. And some of those were self-inflicted. Anybody else ever get self-inflicted wounds in your life? And I told him, I said, man, I just want you to know how proud I am of you because you didn't quit. You know, but really the, the strength of our relationship isn't time. The strength of our relationship is actually our heart connection. Because we, you know, I mean, in the military, I, they would use the term a battle buddy. This is one of my battle buddies. This is one of the guys that I've fought with and not physically, but I'll say it this way. He's fought for me and I've fought for him for well over 20 years. And he's one of my closest friends. And, and, but there's a heart connection. It's not just surface and it's not just talk. It's if he called me right now and said, I need you, I would be on a plane to Boston. Like today, if possible. Why? Because it's not casual. There's real connection. And God wants that with us. Is that when he asks me for something, it's not a, a, a wrestling with, oh, should I do this? Should I not? Here's what you have to know. If you know the character of God, you can trust him to obey him. The problem comes when we begin to question his character. Therefore, it begins, we begin to negotiate with our obedience. But when I know that he's good and he's faithful and he's loving and he has nothing but the best for me and nothing but the best intention for me, I don't have to question his character. I know him. And, and so, but that takes heart. And so uh, Matthew chapter 6, starting in verse 19, we're going to read three verses here. Jesus speaking gives us some instructions and says, uh, Don't keep hoarding for yourselves earthly treasures that can be stolen by thieves. It says material wealth eventually rusts, decays, and loses its value. It says instead stockpile heavenly treasures for yourself that cannot be stolen, will never rust, decay, or lose their value. For where your heart, or for your heart will always pursue what you value as your treasure. Let me say it this way. Your money doesn't follow your heart. Your heart follows your money. I've used this example many times. If you had no money in cryptocurrency and you put money in it, all of a sudden you would care that it took a 50% dive this week. But if you don't have any money, you're like, who cares? The people that had some cryptocurrency, that's who. I mean, you know, I saw the headline. There were athletes this year who said, I want my entire paycheck. One of our LSU boys did that. Odell Beckham, $750,000, said, pay me in Bitcoin. It went to 375000 this week. How would you feel about your decision? I would be a little tormented and very frustrated. But if you put your money into something, you're going to care about it. Let me give you another example. If you go buy a car, all of a sudden you're going to see that car everywhere. Why? Because you're invested in it. All of a sudden it matters to you. You value it. You're like, man, I didn't know there were so many of this make, model, and color of the same car. I thought no, I th- thought I was the only one. They're everywhere. 
In the margin of the Bible that I was reading out of, it says that your thoughts or your heart will always be focused on your treasure. So here's just a good truth for you. Is that God's blessings will always flow from our obedience to his word. There's several things here. God's blessings will always flow from our obedience to his word. The written scriptures. When we obey the scriptures, there's blessings. But there's also times where God will whisper to your heart. Rarely does God speak loudly. I'm not saying it doesn't happen. And when I'm talking about, I don't mean like you hear it here. I mean, you hear it down here. And it's just like this, uh, it's almost like a thought comes and you're like, that wasn't for me. There's only two other options than you. It's either the spirit of God or it's the spirit of the devil. You're like, well, how do I know which one? It's called discernment. That's why you have the Holy Spirit on the inside of you. Here's a simple test. God's good. The devil is bad. John 10, 10, the thief comes to steal, kill, and destroy. The wrapping may be, look pretty, but what's on the inside ain't good. But God gives only good things, and he only leads us into good things. And it's okay if we miss it. I've missed it many times. I thought, well, this is the way the Lord's leading me, and I realized, oh, this was a mistake. Lord, I'm sorry. I thought I was following you. Forgive me. No problem. So I don't need to get under pressure about it, but God does honor when I when he whispers to me and I obey it. I'll give you an example of this in my own life. Me and Dara were selling a house one time and I was getting ready for a church service. And just in my heart, I had this thought. When I say my heart, like just this thought that popped up. We had the house in contract. They had done appraisals, inspections, the whole deal. And the Lord spoke to me and said, you're going to regret this in a year. That's all that was said. Regret what? I mean, I'm hearing people hammering on the side of my house outside. This is no, absolute facts. And it was just this little thought, just this little kind of, just this whisper. Because we had just renovated another house and it was nice and new and all the stuff. And we're like, oh, this is going to be awesome. And I'd figured it all out in my head, like the numbers. I'm a numbers guy. And so I'm like, man, if I sell this house, I can make this amount of money and I can live in that house and blah, blah, blah. And I'm doing, but the Lord, the wisdom of the Lord said, you're going to regret this in a year. That was in August of 2017. In October of 2018, about 13 months later, guess where I was? In Lake Charles, Louisiana, not in Arkansas. So the Lord literally saved me about $45,000 by a whisper. By a whisper. Not some booming voice. A whisper. I walked downstairs. This is, I mean... My office was upstairs at the house. I walked down the stairs. I remember, like, Dara was in our living room, so kind of getting perspective here. I was about this close to her. I stuck my head around the corner. I said, hey, I think the Lord just told me that if we sell this house, it's going to be a mistake. And she looked at me all crazy-eyed and was like, why would you think that? And I was like, I don't know. Let me go pray about it some more. <laughs> and that's, is that true? That's, it ha- I mean, I can tell you, it happened on a Wednesday afternoon. I can tell you the time of day. I called my realtor, talking about obedience, right? Financials, right? Obedience to the Lord. I called my realtor and I said, hey, um, I know this is going to sound crazy, but um, I need to get out of this contract. I said, and she was like, what for? And I said, I don't know. I just, and I told her, I said, I felt like the Lord told me I'm going to regret it in a year. I have no idea. And she begins to tell me all the legal side. She's like, well, you can't. You're legally bound. I mean, they've already spent money. I said, look, I would, and this is, I'm not 
exaggerating. I'm not embellishing. I'm telling you facts here, okay? I told her. Now, she was a Christian. And I told her, I said, I would rather pay money, and it costs me money, to be in obedience to the Lord than I would to ignore him. I said, so you can tell them I will pay them whatever money I have to for them to close out that contract. Because they had spent money. They'd spent, you know, 1000 1200 bucks or whatever. Appraisals, inspections, all that stuff. I'm paying for people to fix the house from the inspection already. I'm paying that. But my mindset was because I've experienced it too many times. God will honor my obedience. I'm willing to write a check to make it so that that contract would go away. 24 hours goes by, I didn't hear anything. So Wednesday I call her, Thursday I didn't hear anything. She calls me Friday morning, I answer the phone, I'm like, hey Mary. And she's like, you're never going to believe this. I'm like, how much money am I about to write? You know, they want $10,000 to get you out of the contract. And she said, um, they canceled the contract this morning. And I said, what for? And she goes, I have no idea. They didn't say. And I was like, well, did you talk to their realtor? And she goes, well, I called her, but she never called me back yesterday. And I was like, so I don't owe them anything? She says, no. It didn't cost me a dime. Now, why those people backed out to this day, I don't know. I, I just believe the Lord was like, change their, the, the desire of their heart. I have no idea. But a year later, God did exactly what that little whisper That little nudge on the inside of me was like, you're going to regret this in a year. And I didn't, why? Because I didn't see a year ahead. But God is the God who sees ahead and makes provision. God knew. And it was a whisper. I mean, to the point where I was like, this might have been the Lord. I wasn't 100% certain, but I have, I know the leading of the Lord. And it was enough familiar that I thought, I need to pay attention to this. So God will bless his wisdom or his word, our obedience to his word, to his whispers and to those little nudges. I told you a good one. I've shared this before too, but I'll share it again. Another one. One time I bought a car and the Holy Spirit the whole time was like, don't buy this car, don't buy this car, don't buy this car. I'm not going to give you as much detail because this one hurts. (laughs) Okay. The whole time, but I'm bound and determined. Nope. And this is why when it came to the house thing, I was like, I need to pay attention because I learned a lesson. Wisdom is knowledge from pain. That's what wisdom is. Okay? That's why I would rather learn from the Lord's wisdom because there's no pain. When I have to have my own wisdom, there's pain involved. It's called a lesson learned. Pain is a remarkable teacher. So I buy this car. There was something just on the inside, just a nudge. It's like something just didn't settle. It didn't feel right. God never said anything. It wasn't like, don't buy this car. It was just like, ah, something just, man, I'm just, nope. I'm buying it, I'm buying it, I'm buying it. We had the car for four or five years. I paid well over double for that car. I paid more money fixing that car than I paid for the car. Praise Jesus. But I learned something through that. I'm going to pay attention to those little nudges. Even if it doesn't make sense here, If it makes sense here and I have peace, I'm going to go with that every time. I don't care how analytical I am. I don't care all those things. And so, in the next few minutes we have together. Now, I'm going to tell you, it's about to get a little heavy in here. Okay? I'm giving you, I'm I'm warning you, so don't get mad at me. But, But this is what I want you to know. 
I want you to lean in a little bit extra. And here's why. When we're mature, we lean into wisdom. When we're immature, we run away from it. That's the difference. Okay? And so I'm going to share some things with you from the Word of God. And I believe that this is important for us to understand. So I'm asking you to lean in for about 10, 12 minutes here, okay? Because I want to share with you, because again, we're talking about God's plan for you to prosper. I've told you stories about my mistakes. I've told you stories about um, where God has been good to me and saved me from myself. Well, God will do the same thing for you. There's nothing unique, nothing special. It's not because I'm a pastor. I'm a child of God before my assignment. What I do is not who I am. Who I am is a child of God. Well, so are you. That's important to know. So some of you will be very familiar with these couple of scriptures that I'm about to read to you. But in, Ma- in Malachi chapter 3, I'm going to read you four verses here out of this chapter. Starting in verse 8. Now God is speaking to the children of Israel here. He's, he's really talking to them, giving them instructions. And so he asked them some questions. And it says, should people cheat God? He says, yet you have cheated me. He says, but you ask, what do you mean? When did we ever cheat you? Other translations, paraphrases, whatever, they'll say this way. Can a man rob God? And he says, hey, but you have. And then they ask the question, like, when have we ever robbed you of anything? And God's response is this. He says, that you've cheated me. You've robbed me of the tithes and the offerings that are due to me. He says, because you've actually consumed the tithe, he says, you're actually under a curse. For the whole nation has been cheating me. Now, I've added two words here that says, if you, because that's the context. So we changed slides here. That's why I did that. So he says, you've been cheating me. But he says in verse 10 here, he says, if you bring. So I'm just letting you know, I added two words. Not adding the scripture. I'm just, because it's important. Because if we, and if you look a little, God says, I will and I will. If I will and I will. That's why it's important. So it says, if you bring all the tithes into the storehouse so that there is enough food in my temple. He says, if you do this, says the Lord. I will open the windows of heaven for you and I will pour out a blessing on you so great that you won't have enough room to take it in. If you bring the tithe into the storehouse, into the temple, you're like, what is that? I don't have a storehouse and I ain't got a temple. You're right. We have a church. This is God's church, not my church. It's the Lord's church. And God instructs us and says, hey, if you'll take care of my house, I'm going to take care of yours. That's the David translation of this scripture. When I make it a priority to take care of what is God's, he makes it a priority to take care of mine. Why? Because he said it, not me. God is bound to his word. The Bible says that he is not a man that he should or even can lie. If he says it, he has to do it. Why? Because if he lies once, then why would we believe anything else he says? And here he says, if you bring the tithes to the storehouse, you're like, what's the tithe? It's actually a, it's, it's a measurement. It's a percentage. Now, here's a little pop quiz for you. I should have done this, but I didn't think about it in time. Well, I thought about the other day and I didn't do it. But if I had 10 $1 bills up here, let's say, 
I guess I could use my, hey, bring me some Dr. Pepper. <laughs> Why not? How many is there? Look at that. There's 10. How amazing is that? I don't know who brought these, but thank you for the sermon illustration. Ah, stink. Bring me two more. See, I told you I'm not that bright. Now, don't tear up the box. Got to be delicate. Y'all can tell this is unplanned. Praise the Lord for Dr. Pepper. All right. So somebody has blessed me with these Dr. Peppers. I did not purchase them. They're just sitting over here on the seat. So here's my question for you, though. Which of these is the tithe? The first one. So if this was 10 $1 bills, the first, and I don't have time to teach all this. I'll give you something to go listen to later. The first one is actually the one that belongs to the Lord. So you're like, what do you mean by that? When I get paid, the first thing I do is I give my tithes to the church. Now, this has been my act of obedience for well over 20 years. I don't spend a dime until I've given to the Lord first. And so if people wonder sometimes and they say, well, why is so-and-so blessed? It might be the order because order shows importance. When I honor the Lord first, there's a principle of first throughout, specifically throughout the Old Testament. But let me give you a New Testament one. The Bible says that Jesus is the firstborn of many. If the first is blessed, so is the rest. The only way for me to get the first one blessed is for me to give it to the Lord. Because he commands a blessing. In the Old Testament, we see it a lot. The firstborn son, the firstborn lamb, the firstborn goat, the firstborn cow. That's the things that were used for sacrifice. Here's the thing about a sacrifice. When you sacrifice something, you see it no more. Think about it. If this was an animal and we sacrificed an animal to the Lord, we would not get to eat that brisket on that cow. Why? Because the Lord would consume it. But to give God first means I have to trust him. It requires faith to be a giver. It requires faith to tithe. You're like, well, what is tithe? Tithe is actually the first 10% of your income. You're like, holy smokes, are you kidding me? Yes. No, I'm not. I'm not actually kidding you. You're like, sweet, there's a loophole. I'm sorry, but there's not. Now, I told you, you were going to have to lean in. I told you that it was going to take some maturity to receive because I know how the enemy works. And some of you are like, you're nuts. That's fine. You can call me crazy and I'll continue to be blessed. Without going into too many details because it's personal. In the last two years, the Lord has blessed me in some very unusual ways. Very unusual not because I'm a pastor. It has nothing to do with that. It has to do with my heart to be generous. And I want to be a blessing. And I'm a tither. And I give offerings. And I look for opportunities to be a blessing to people. 
me and Dara together, we're always looking for ways. I'm not here for me. I'm here for God to use me to show himself to other people. And if God wants to bless me, God can bless me. And people can say all kinds of things. And quite honestly, I'm just over it. I don't care. Because I'm not responsible for it. I mean, I work for the church, sure, but I serve the Lord. Like, I get a paycheck from the church, but God's done way more beyond that. Totally outside of my role or my function here. Why would God do that for me? It's not because I'm blessed and highly favored. The Lord says, hey, you've been storing up treasures. You've been obedient to things that even in seasons where it may not have made sense and maybe even in seasons where it might have been challenging, even seasons where it might have been really uncomfortable. But it's not me. It's the Lord. I shared this with you in week one is that the Bible says that the blessings of the Lord make one rich. And it's not just with dollar signs, but rich well-being all around. But he adds no sorrow with it. And so many times, and even as a pastor, I, I can hesitate even talking about finances sometimes because I know the pushback. But I would do you a disservice if I didn't tell you the truth of God's word. Because my responsibility and my call as a pastor is to tell you the whole counsel of the word of God, not just 95% of it. And if we're, we're going to be blessed financially, God has a plan and this is his plan. It goes on here. So God says, hey, if you'll, if you'll bring the tithe, he says, I'll open up the windows of heaven. I will pour out a blessing. Everybody loves that part. Do your part. But God goes on. And I, this is the only place in Scripture that God actually tells us to, to, to test him, by the way. And he says, try it. Put me to the test. I mean, the Bible in other places says, don't ever tempt the Lord. But here he says, try me. I double dog dare you. Just try me. Just try me. He says, see if your crops will not be abundant and that I would guard them from insects and disease. He says, your grapes will not fall from the vine before they're ripe. He says, the Lord of heaven's army. He says, then all the nations will call you blessed. Other people are going to call you blessed. You don't have to say it. They're going to call you blessed. For your land will be such a delight. Now, I realize most of you ain't farmers in here. I don't know if we have a farmer in here. But God's, the principle is still the principle. And God says that he would bless you. Now, I know some of you may say, oh, but that's just the Old Testament. That's not New Testament. There's a lot in the New Testament about giving as well, about tithing. I'm going to give you one real quick. Matthew 23, 23, Jesus talking to the Pharisees, the religious elite. He gives them a statement here. And because tithing's not the ultimate thing, it's just part of our obedience. And I'm about to show you this in Scripture. Jesus talking to them, and he says, um, he says, you hypocrites. Isn't that nice of Jesus? Just... <laughs> I think sometimes we make Jesus too soft. I like Jesus with a little bit of an edge to him, you know. I have my own personal favorites of scriptures. Like my favorite Jesus in scripture is him braiding a whip. That's my kind of Jesus. Like that, that's like, let's suit up and ride, Jesus. I want to go with you. Like you're going to make a whip and you're going to go chase some folks with that? I'm down. Tell me which table to go flip. That sounds like some fun. Like that's my kind of Jesus. Like... I'll let everybody else have Jesus with the babies and the lambs and all that kind of stuff. I want the Jesus like revelations, like flames of fires in his eyes, like 
Come on now. I did a sermon one time when I was a youth pastor. It's called it was that Jesus is not a pansy. And I preached about it because, man, I, yeah. I got to stay on, stay focused or I'm going to get on a rabbit trail. He says, you hypocrites, he says, for you're careful to tithe even the tiniest income of your herb gardens. But you ignore the more important aspects of the law, justice, mercy, and faith. Now, again, I didn't say this. These are the words of Jesus. Go read your own Bible. If it says something different, come show me. Because I can guarantee you it won't say anything different than what it's about to say. You should tithe. Yes, but do not neglect the more important things. The principle of first doesn't change. When the first is blessed, because I've sown it into the kingdom of God, the rest will be blessed. It's a fact. I've seen it in my own life. I've seen it in the lives of many other people. Now, I want to show you, and this is really my heart for you this morning. It comes out of Philippians chapter 4, verse 15 through 19. This is the Apostle Paul writing to the Philippian church. Because a lot of people quote verse 19. They just don't read the preceding verses to find out why verse 19 happened. So the Apostle Paul's writing, he says, As you know, you Philippians were the only ones who gave me financial help when I first brought you the good news and then traveled on from Macedonia. He says, No other church did this. He says, Even when I was in Thessalonica, he says, You sent help more than once. He says, And this is my heart for you. I don't say this because I want a gift from you, but I want you to receive the reward of your kindness. I'm going to relieve all the pressure. Don't give a dime today. I mean that sincerely. If you think I have an ulterior motive, please don't give a dime. I'm not after your money. I do want you blessed. And I want you to see God's provision in your life. That's why I'm communicating to you the word of God. Because this truth can change your life, your family's life. It really can. It says, I want you to receive a reward for your kindness. Kindness. At the moment, I have all that I need and more. Paul says, I am generously supplied with all the gifts that you've sent me. He says, they are a sweet-smelling sacrifice that is acceptable and pleasing to God. So Paul says, yo, I'm set. I'm good. I don't need anything else from you. But he goes on, he says, this same God... Who takes care of me. And this is what I could say to you. The same God who takes care of me. And has blessed me. Will supply all of your needs. From his riches and glory. Which have been given in Christ Jesus. Other versions of the Bible. Say this way. My God shall supply all of my needs. According to his riches and glory in Christ. And people quote that all the time. But are you doing the beginning part? Why did verse 19 happen? Because of verse 15. And 16, because people were faithful to the Lord in the area of their finances, it unleashed blessing into their life financially. Now, look, if, if you feel any sort of pressure or guilt, the Bible actually says, don't give in response to, tr- to pressure. It's in Philippians as well. Keep your money. But 
But if you're like, God, I want to partner with you. And I want to see the kingdom of God flourish. Now, you may say, man, I I can't do 10%. Just start. Start somewhere. Every year, I get my giving statement. And the only thing I want to know is, did I give more this year than I did last year? That's all I care about. It's not about how much I gave. I just want to know, is it more than what I gave last year? Because every year for the rest of my life, I want to increase what I give. And to this point, that's been true. Why? Because I want to value the kingdom of God above all else. I want that to be my number one priority. I've said it a few times already, but God's blessing will always follow our obedience. Obedience is, is, in a sense, it's like to yield or to give way. Sometimes I don't have to like it to be obedient. I don't have to understand it to always be obedient. See, the Bible tells me that my life actually is not my own anymore. That when I asked Jesus to be the Lord of my life, I was supposed to give over control to him. See, my responsibility now is to keep him as the Lord of my life. So if he's Lord, that means he's in charge. It means he calls the shots. And my answer is either yes, sir, or no, sir. I'm not going to do that or I will do that. And this is one of my concerns is that we're, the many times that we're living a Christian life with this is that Jesus is the Lord of my life when I die. He's going to get me to heaven. But we want to make him actually the Lord of our life that we live. Like now. I don't want to wait to heaven to be like, Jesus, you're my man. I want to live right now where people say that. Man, that, that what Jesus has done in your life is really that important. Yeah. It, it really is. And the fact that he saved me and redeemed me and healed me and set me free and, and, and gives me peace and joy and, and purpose and all the things that... The least that I can do is to honor him in the area of the tithe. I mean, God could have said any amount he wanted to. But he said, hey, 10% is mine. The Bible actually says that the tithe is holy. That it's set apart. That's what that word holy means. It really just means set apart. And God says, hey, if you'll honor me with that, I'm going to bless the rest. And so, you know, there's a lot of things that I can't communicate today. There's a series that I did back in October. Uh, I think it was like October 17th and 24th, something like that. I think that's right. I may be wrong, but somewhere in the middle part of October, end of October. You can look it up, though. Go online, get on the podcast, whatever. It's called Sugar Daddy. How many remember y'all eating some Sugar Daddies when you came into church? If you want to actually kind of understand this at a deeper level, go listen to it as well. Because if you want God's plan for you financially, this is it. He doesn't have a plan B. This is it. He has one plan. See, I'm not that smart, so I got to have multiple plans. In case one don't work out, I got a backup plan. God just has one because he's wise. So again, I'm going to repeat this just so we're all on the same page. If you think I have an ulterior motive, please don't give. But if the Holy Spirit's leading you and prompting, this needs to be a part of your life, not just something that you do occasionally. It needs to be who I am. It's kind of like my worship. My worship is not a part of a service. My worship is my life. 
My giving is not a part of a service. It's a part of my life. It's part of who I am. I am a worshiper. I am a giver. This is who I am. Why? Because that's the heart of God. And so I know that we've been, over the last number of weeks, we've been talking about what it means to be blessed. And, you know, and I know you probably didn't sign up for this message when you came. You're like, "Mm, I could have picked a different Sunday to come. Would have been great. But I'm telling you, God never asks you for anything. He doesn't have something better in mind for you. Every time. Every time. God said, hey, try me. Put me to the test. See if I won't do it. Just see. See if I won't begin to pour out blessings in your life. Because I know God to be true. And I know the nature and the character of God. And I'm telling you, if he said it, he will do it in your life. So I want to pray this morning over us before we dismiss and uh, like I said I know that this is a little heavy can be for some of you but please hear the heart of God God's after your heart that's what's important to him that's what's ultimate for him that's that's the big win for God is he wants our heart and so I want to pray this morning over us and so Father God I just thank you so much for this morning Father I thank you for your word I thank you that you're your word is true. Father, whether it's through your, your written word, whether it's through a whisper into our heart, whether it's that nudge from the Holy Spirit, Father, I thank you that your word brings about blessing. Your instructions, your wisdom, your ways bring about your blessing into our life. And so, Father, I thank you that you would never shame us or condemn us or, 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 or make us feel um, insecure about who we are or what we do and what we don't do. But, Father, your love is unconditional for us. Father, that you give your love freely and lavishly upon every person. So, Father, I thank you, though, that even as we've been sharing the truths of your word, Father, as we would honor you in the area of our finances, Father, I thank you that you're unleashing a heavenly blessing into our lives. Father, just as the scripture said that you would open up windows of heaven, Father, that you would pour out blessings, your blessings into our life. And Father, as we would sow, as we would sow the seed of finances, Father, I thank you that it produces a financial harvest in our life as well. That Father, it's never the motive of why we give. Father, we give because we love you. We give because we want to honor you. We give because we want the kingdom of God to, to flourish and spread around the earth so that more people can come to know you. But Father, we thank you that in your grace and in your goodness and in your love for us, Father, you said that if we would sow, that you would pour out blessings back into our life that we could continue to be an even greater blessing moving forward. And so, Father, we give you praise for it this morning. You know, you may be here this morning, and and I know this may seem like a a little bit of an odd service or topic or whatever, but again, let me remind you, God's after your heart. And before your money, he wants you. He wants you. He wants your heart. He wants your life. He he wants you to, to, because really, I mean, I believe that just being generous, I believe God will honor it whether you're a Christian or not. If you honor God, it's a principle. He's bound to it. There's seed and there's harvest. But if you really want to experience the best blessings of God, it's not money. The best blessings from God is to be in relationship with him. Say, well, how do I do that? You surrender. And trust me, you get way more back than what you'll ever give up. The Bible says that when we give our heart to Jesus, that there's forgiveness of sin. 
that our past becomes washed away. We, we did this kind of in form when we received communion earlier. I shared with you about the blood and the body of Jesus that was broken for us. See, none of us deserve heaven. We all deserve hell. But yet God made a way. He saw before your sin and made a way for it to be forgiven. Jesus came so that you could receive the forgiveness of God. And so this morning, I want to give you an opportunity to receive the forgiveness of God, but also the life of God.